Hey there, I'm Becky, and welcome to Literary Escapes Podcast, where we travel the world one book at a time. Today, I have one of my favorite bookstagrammers here with me to give us some Literary Escape book recommendations. I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome back, everyone, to our next episode of the Literary Escapes Podcast. I have bookstagrammer and travel blogger Elizabeth with me today from A Suitcase Full of Books. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am excited to have you. I love your Instagram page. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a Alaska-based travel blogger, and I like to blog and also video about (laughs) uh, literary destinations inspired by the books I've been reading. That is awesome. And being in Alaska, does that hamper some of your travel or does that make it trickier? Uh, Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. The city I'm in, I'm in Juneau and it's a um, landlocked city. So the only way out is by plane or boat. Oh, wow. Okay. The road's out. (laughs) Uh, So it definitely hindered traveling during the pandemic. But, well, there's nowhere close. I mean, no. to get anywhere, you gotta, it takes a while, I'm guessing. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so was, I definitely haven't been doing a lot of travel recently, but we, we do when we can. I hear you. And uh, thankfully, books take you there when we can't travel, right? Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reading lately. <laughs> and so you have a travel blog or yeah. a literary based travel blog. Yes. And that is called a suitcase full of books.com, correct? Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can find me at a suitcase full of books.com and also my Instagram, a suitcase full of books. Nice. Nice. And so you share destinations and books? Is that? Yeah. So I share destinations that are inspired by the books I read. So we're going to talk about at least three of those. Okay. Um, but if you want more, you can find it on my Instagram and blog. And then I also share books that I maybe haven't been to the place that they inspire traveling yet, but uh, want to go. So Excellent. That sounds really yeah. good. So <laughs> what is the first destination you have for us today? So I thought we would do today three different countries. Nice. And so the first one, I'm going to start with the United States. Okay. And so the first one is Misty of Chincoteague. And this is a book that was one of my childhood favorites. And turns out it's based on a real place. So it's based on Chincoteague, Virginia. See, I don't know how I missed that one when I was a kid. When you, when you mentioned this book, I have no idea how I missed that one because I thought I read everything when I was a kid. So tell yeah. me a little bit about the book. So interesting. It, uh, funny enough, I thought that it was a well-known one until I started talking to people and I found out that it's actually not as well-known as I thought. But basically, Chincoteague, Virginia is a place where there's an island called Assateague and there are feral horses that live on the island and they are wild, except that they're taken care of by the fire department of Chincoteague. And so- interesting. So yeah, so they, the horses do have vet care. So like they will go and tend to horses that need care, but for the most part, they're let to run wild on the island during the year, except 
during the year, once once a year during, uh, I believe it's July, there's a festival called the Pony Penning Festival. And the horses on Assidy get rounded up and they get driven across the, the channel from Assateague to Chincoteague and they get penned on Chincoteague for the week. And oh. there's, there's a, I believe it's a law that only... I think it's 150 head of horses can live on the island. And so in order to kind of cull the herd in a humane way, the fire department auctions off the foals. Uh, they kind of do genetic testing and see which ones they need to keep to okay. keep the herd wow. going. But, okay. but then <laughs> they, they auction off the foals uh, to raise money for the fire department. Wow, so, okay. Yeah. And this is a festival that, you know, anyone can go to. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, Interesting. Okay. You're right. So, so this is the background to this book. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so there was uh, a woman, the author of this book, Marguerite Henry, who went to this festival and was inspired to write this book. And it turns out that the book is essentially about horses in the roundup that were then bought by some children in the town. Misty was actually not born on the island. Misty was a real horse, okay, um, but she was born in captivity. And okay. Okay. <laughs> so the other ended up like book touring. She bought the horse, Misty, and she ended up book touring with the horse. Oh. But the horse was born in captivity, even though in the story, it was, she yeah, from the, the island. island. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's kind of all fiction and reality or call yeah, kind, all of kind of mixed together. How interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, but it's a really good book. It's very cute. And then if you go to the island, um, you can actually see Misty today <laughs> because uh -huh. after she passed away, they taxidermied her and she is actually in the museum there. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it's, it's kind oh, of a cool place. You get, you can go to the event you can go see misty you can actually see one of her foals uh i believe they taxidermied stormy who's also in i think there are yeah four books in the series and and stormy's one of them as well okay okay wow yeah so and these were written back in like the 60s or 70s right Some, oh, somewhere in that neighborhood yeah something like that yeah and wow. so this so this festival has been going on for quite some time it sounds like Yes. Yeah. Okay. And actually, when I went to Chincoteague, I actually stayed in the B&B &B where Marguerite Henry started writing the book. And so there's now a room in the B&B &B with her name on it. Aww. So you could actually stay in the room where she started writing. That so. is so cool. And so she wasn't a writer prior to going yeah. there. I don't know. I know that she's written other books uh, and I don't know if this was her first or if this is just the one that kind of got popular. Gotcha. Um, but like thousands of people now go to this annual festival because of this because book. of the books yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow okay yeah. how interesting well yeah. so that's in in virginia yes. Chincoteague. Yeah. is that how you say it Chincoteague, virginia yeah Chincoteague, virginia okay and you went there yeah and okay <laughs> that's one of my favorite places it's kind of like a little seaside town it's got that seaside fishing village kind of feel right okay um, but then there's the nature reserve and you can go to the nature reserve and see the horses though I would say 
that the best way to see the horses is actually to do a boat tour from Chincoteague and go around the edge of Assateague because usually they're kind of hanging out in the marshes. Gotcha. Okay. Um, towards the edges. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. That is very cool. Yeah. Nice. I might have to add that to my list, my long <laughs> list of places I'd like to visit. That's very cool. Thank you. Yeah. So what's our second destination today? So the second destination is Prince Edward Island, Canada. And another one of my favorites from childhood is Anne of Green Gables. Mm, and yes. <laughs> I don't know uh, how, I think this one is more well-known, but it's about a, of course, a redheaded orphan who ends up on Prince Edward Island and sort of takes the little community by storm. <laughs> right, right. I think it's funny, the beginning of the book, how she kind of winds up there, the brother and sister that adopt her, I guess. Yeah. Wanted a boy and they get her. Who's mm. very much not a boy. Right. <laughs> She's this rambunctious young woman or young girl. Um, <laughs> like you said, takes the community by storm with her enthusiasm for life. <laughs> Yeah, so based on the descriptions of the island and possibly also the film versions that I saw, I knew I had to go to PEI. <laughs> have you been, so you've been there? I have been there. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it really is as beautiful as it is described. I have heard that, yes. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, yeah, and Anne has this way of kind of giving names to things like yes. the lake of shining waters and the white way of delight and so when I went you know the book had really hyped it up and I was like I don't you know I really want to go hard and to see live it, up to that know. yeah right and oh no it it was amazing <laughs> that is so awesome okay yeah. I have heard that Prince Edward Island is beautiful and well worth going to so that's it, nice to hear it definitely is. And not only, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth going for the views, driving around the island, seeing the red sands and cliffs and the lighthouses. Oh, cool. And, um, but uh, when you're an Anne fan, it's even more special because there are, I, I think it was at least six different Anne locations that we went to. Very cool. Um, yeah. So there's the Anne of Green Gables or, or sorry, the, the Green Gables Heritage Center, which is the author's, one of the author's relatives. Uh, it wasn't her parents, but her, okay. she, she lived nearby within walking distance and she would walk to this house. And I can't remember which relative it was, but okay. it looks like the Green Gables on the front of the book. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, okay. And it's been set up inside. The rooms have been set up to look essentially like the movie set so like you you go inside and you feel like you've walked into green gables oh, got, that's so cool yeah so like matthew's clothes are laid out on his bed and Anne's uh -huh. dress with puff sleeves is hanging in her closet and um so that was awesome and How then <laughs> nearby is the house that the author lived in is um as a child is no longer standing but there's sort of a pit where it used to be oh. <laughs> so you can walk one of the things in the book is the haunted wood okay uh, where Anne makes up this whole thing about these scary woods and so there's a there's a haunted woods trail so you go along the haunted woods trail and then you get to the site that used to be where her house was okay um, and I think that's where she lived with her grandparents so 
it, it's a uh, the book is fictional but but the author kind did of mirrors for, yeah right kind of okay um and then there's the birth house where the author was born and she I think her mother passed away shortly after she was born and then her father left and left her with her grandparents so there's the okay. birth house and then there's another house that some other relatives lived in that she would go to often and that has been turned into the Anne of Green Gables Museum. Oh, fabulous. Okay. <laughs> so there's several different house museums you can go to, all right. either the author or the book or nice. sort of a combination of both. Mm -hmm. Or the movies or, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and the I haven't been back since, but the Green Gables Heritage Place now has a new, like huge new visitor center, new experience. And so it's That's exciting. It's better now, so... Well, and there's a, is it Netflix that has the Anne with an E series? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's good. I personally, I like the Megan Fellows version, okay. but I also like the Anne with an E version. So they're all, they're all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Pride and Prejudice where right. <laughs> different things you like about different ones, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So second destination is Prince Edward Island. With yes. Anne of Green Gables by ML or LM. Yeah, Lucy, sorry, Lucy Maud Montgomery is the author. Okay, okay. She, she, on her books, it's LM Montgomery. Right. And Excellent. actually, her her grave is also nearby within that same area, and I didn't see it, but uh, it's there. Okay. Nice. Okay. Very nice. That sounds like a really good place to visit, especially if you're a big Anne of Green Gables fan. Lots to. Yeah. Yeah, lots to do and a beautiful a place to, to visit. Mm -hmm. I would recommend spending at least a week there. If nice. Not more. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. And so what's our third destination? So we did the United States, we did Canada, and our third destination is going to be England. And this is a rather large book. Um, wow. Totally okay. It. It's called The Soon and Splendor by Sharon K. Penman, and okay. it is a novel about Richard III. So, so how Penman, many pages is that? Um, oh gosh. Uh, it looks like it's about three inches yeah, thick. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, it says 1,239. Holy moly. I can honestly <laughs> say I don't know if I've ever read a, read a book that big yet. Uh, so I had a reason to read it. <laughs> okay. So Sharon K. Penman is my favorite author. I love historical fiction. Okay. And this was her very first book. Wow. And okay. She had a lot to say. Yeah. The, well, and actually, if you read her other books, she sort of learned to pare down her writing a little bit by then. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was her, you can, if you read her other books, you can tell this is where she learned to write. Um, right. But it's, it's really good nonetheless. <laughs> so Richard III is famous mostly because of Shakespeare's play. And in Shakespeare's play, uh, the king is kind of maligned as a hunchback and an evil guy. Right. And it turns out that Shakespeare's play was written under the Tudor kingship. And Richard III was the last of the Plantagenet kings, which means he was defeated at the Battle of Bosworth by a Tudor. And so when the winners write the history, <laughs> they right. malign the losers. And Makes sense. so 
Right. So Penman was actually a very big fan of the Plantagenet dynasty, which um, is well known because of Richard the Lionheart and his brother John because of the, the Robin Hood stories. Robin Hood, right. Yeah. So her books all take place during the Plantagenet dynasty. Okay. And Richard III is the last of that. And so she actually takes a view that Richard was maligned by history and was actually not a bad guy. And so this I love is, it. it's a very sympathetic look at Richard and you come out of the book really actually thinking, oh, I really mm. like him. He was very sympathetic. And he's one of the other stories told about Richard is that he may or may not have uh, offed two of his, I think his cousins. Ne okay. Yeah. Cousins or nephews or something like that. Yeah. Nephews, yeah. Nephews. Yeah. Maybe that was it, but that was um, the, the, in the tower, the, right? Yes. Yes. The two boys in okay. the tower and they disappeared. Right. And to this day, nobody knows what happens. Okay. Um, yeah. But her argument is that even if he did do it, he really didn't do anything any worse than any of his predecessors. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So it, it's a really fascinating Huh. book it's it's really sympathetic you get to kind of love Richard um and you come out of it kind of going wow I really hate Shakespeare right now <laughs> um, <laughs> but the interesting thing about this book was that I was reading it at the same time that the king in the car park happened so this was it, it happened in Leicester in England and there was a dig and they found Richard III's body or oh, sorry, right. his skeleton. You're right. So I was reading this at the same time as that. So I was watching that. How all interesting. Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like glued to the news as they were doing the dig and then they found the skeleton and then they did a, a they took him, that they took the skeleton out to the, ba the battle of Bosworth field. <laughs> he was thrown into this pit when he was defeated by okay. the tutor and he was kind of defiled by the winners um and i i think he was i think his hands were tied and he was kind of thrown over the back of a horse and kind of thrown in a pit and you know they wow. just want to get rid of the plantagenets and uh so what they did when they found the skeleton is they decided to bring him home in style okay or, or maybe not because his, his home was york but okay because he was found in leicester which is near bosworth they ultimately decided to leave him in Leicester where he was found so okay but, but they decided to bring him give him the kingly return yeah <laughs> okay um, yeah and reinter him so I was watching this unfold on the news wow and, and then reading this book and right right and and so they brought him back to Leicester and they reinterred him in the cathedral there and then they built an entirely new visitor center on top of the dig site wow. so there's now currently over the dig site there's a glass panes so you can see where they found him and then there's a two-story visitor center where the bottom is completely about his medieval history and then the top story is about the dig and the modern tools and the dna testing that they, okay. they use to sort of unfold this whole story to figure out who it was and all of that yeah right um so after reading this book i had to go there so well yeah wow <laughs> yeah so was he when he was king was he in london uh i believe I mean, he is was, that, was it okay his home so, was york and i don't okay. know how much time he actually did spend in london 
Okay, because I wasn't sure like where King lived at that time. If it's right, so interestingly, a lot of the Plantagenets didn't actually like live in London. So, for okay. example, King Richard the Lionheart. Right, it's possible that he never set foot in England because his home was Normandy. Because oh. at that time, Normandy, France, was part of kingdom. Okay, and so. There are Plantagenet kings who may have never actually set foot in England. I'm and, curious. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't remember at this point from the book how much time he may have spent okay. in London. But yeah. Okay. But, but that home, wasn't his home base or anything. No. Like so he he was of York. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, that's really interesting. Is the Tudor line? Is that's what? Is that who still rules? Yes. They. Yeah. Um. So there's the. The Game of Thrones is based on the War of the Roses, and the War of the Roses was sort of the end of Richard III. You had the red okay. flower and the white flower representing the two different uh, families, the families, yeah, and the Tudors. Um, and so the Tudors have taken over, and that's gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Such a <laughs> tangled web they weave. <laughs> right. <laughs> so and so that is in. England in the UK. Yeah, so I took the train from London to Leicester and spent a day there. Nice. And went to the visitor center, went to the cathedral and saw his tomb and nice. it was well worth the, the trip. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. And the book is Sun. Uh, the, yeah, The Soon and Splendor, a novel of Richard III by Sharon K. Penman. Nice. Okay. And be prepared for some reading because it's a yeah. big one <laughs> it's a the news story is that any kind of a something that they could go watch again on the, like yeah, youtube a, or something like that do you know mm -hmm. or there's a documentary called the king in the car park i believe okay uh, and i i can't remember if it's on netflix it might be on netflix but it's out but there it's out there somewhere okay okay so that leads me to think that his remains were found in a parking lot. Yeah, it, yes. <laughs> it, it, it used to be apparently a church and he was buried or thrown into uh, under where the, I think the singing used to happen in the building, but since then it had been turned down and it had been turned into a car park for a school. Okay, and they were the, digging it up for something. Well, no, actually, there was a woman, Philippa something, I think, uh, who was leading, she, she was like head of the Richard III Society or something. And so they had sort of somehow figured out that he had to be in this area. And so really? she wow. this dig. And amazingly, they found him on the first day. That like, is stunning. Yeah, it's, it was really, <laughs> it was quite the like, I mean, Penman writes these stories that, you know, she took facts from history that are just like no one could have made this up in fiction you right know, if, if you'd yeah. written this, no one would have believed no you. one would believe it if yeah yeah <laughs> right and this was again like he even in death 500 years later it was such a wild story that like you wouldn't have believed if you hadn't seen them like this was the first day of the dig and oh there there he is there he is yeah that is so crazy yeah wow, what an interesting story mm-hmm and then, oh. oh, and the reason they knew it was him was because of his skeleton, because in Shakespeare's play, uh, he's supposed to be a hunch, hunchback. 
but it turns out that he just had a curved spine. And so the reason they knew that the skeleton was his is because the first day they bumped into a skeleton with a curved spine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is so crazy. They didn't find any other skeletons in there, did they? Um, I don't remember, but, okay. but this one, because of its curved spine, curved spine, they they decided to do the DNA testing and the dig happened right at this juncture where it turns out they were like at the last point where the uh, DNA from the skeleton would have been viable to test and there was one living descendant living okay. in Canada somewhere that they were able to trace his family tree and so it happened just like wow. if they hadn't done it at this point, they wouldn't have been able to. It would have been an opportunity it. missed. Wow. Right. That right. is so, really, so crazy. Again, yeah. like you said, it's, you don't need <laughs> to make up fiction book. about it. Wow. Yeah. So totally worth reading a huge book because it's a crazy It story. sounds like it. That <laughs> is so crazy. So our three destinations were the United States, which was Misty of, how do you say it again? Misty of Chincoteague in Chincoteague, Virginia. Okay, and, and that one is by Marguerite by Marguerite Henry. Gotcha. Okay, and then Anne of Green Gables by Ellen Montgomery, and that's in PEI Prince Edward Island, Canada. Gotcha. And then the Soon in Splendor, a novel of Richard III by Sharon K. Penman, and that takes place in England. Broadly. Nice, and I will have links to all three of those in the show notes, so you can check them out. Sounds like it's well worth it. Mm -hmm. And do you have blog posts to any of these? I do. I have a blog post about Lester. I have a, I believe Anne of Green Gables. Yes, Anne of Green Gables and Misty of Chincoteague. I have a series of blog posts for each of those. Okay. I will link to whichever ones you'd like me to. Um, so what are you reading right now? Uh, <laughs> so right now I just finished reading the House of the Seven Gables by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Okay. Because I just finished a whirlwind trip of the East Coast. And actually, I went to the East Coast to uh, do a tour of all four Edgar Allan Poe house museums. And wow. okay. <laughs> so I was reading Poe before this. And then uh, we went through Richmond, Philadelphia. Baltimore and New York to see okay. all four Poe houses. And then we ended our trip. Are these houses where he lived or where his stories took place or? Both. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. In Richmond, there's a museum, there's a house museum. It's not a building that Poe lived in, but Poe lived much of his childhood in Richmond and the Richmond Museum has the most Poe memorabilia in the country. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and then the Baltimore house he lived in for two years, I think. And then the Philadelphia house, he lived in five different houses in the city. And this is the only one still standing. And he okay. only lived in it for a few months. Okay. And then the, the <laughs> New yeah. York house. Uh, he was his final home that he lived okay. in before he passed away. And oh, okay. I have a vlog coming out about that next week. And then we did this whirlwind trip of the East Coast to do these houses. We ended in Boston and 
the House of the Seven Gables, which inspired Nathaniel Hawthorne's book, uh, is in Salem, Massachusetts, which is just outside of Boston. And so of nice. course I couldn't pass up going there. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'll oh, have fantastic. Future, yeah, there will be a future blog post about that, but that one's not that ready. is exciting. Boy, what a great trip. And yeah. so I know that you are a big Harry Potter fan. That's something that I think you and I share. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm Hufflepuff. Oh, I'm Gryffindor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I kept thinking I should be Gryffindor or Ravenclaw, but every single time I took the test, I'm Hufflepuff. Yeah. There's so a fine played. line between them. So. <laughs> <laughs> so have you done any Harry Potter travel? Oh, yes. A lot. Okay. <laughs> Um, yes, I have been to Harry Potter World and Disney World. I've been to the Universal um, Studio Experience in outside of London. And mm -hmm. then most That's a fun recently, one. I went in New York to the new Harry Potter store. And that was amazing because they have these VR experiences. And how cool. Yeah, you get to sit, well, sit on a broom and uh, fly. Wow. <laughs> So oh, you, cool. you put on a headset and hand sensors and feet sensors, and you're kind of seated on this thing with like a half a broom coming out in front of you. And then what you're seeing in your headset is you flying over Hogwarts wow. and fighting oh, Dementors. Cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. What a fun experience. That's <laughs> very cool. Yeah, we had um, at the one in London or outside of London, you know, where you can take the picture on the broom, but it, mm -hmm. nothing like that. No, yeah, was, uh, this was a step up. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, probably a step up from what the actors had while filming right, it, but... <laughs> from the looks of it, so very cool, very cool. Yeah. Well, thank awesome. you for sharing all of that with me today. I really enjoyed hearing your choice, hearing your recommendations, and um, some exciting literary escapes to both read and visit, so... Yeah, thank you, thank for, you for having me. It was yeah, fun. it was fun. Thanks for joining me today on the Literary Escapes podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and maybe would like some more Literary Escape book recommendations, then come check out the Literary Escape Society. We're a community of travelers who love books or maybe book lovers who love to travel. Either way, if you need an escape, a literary escape, come join us as we read our way around the world together, one book at a time. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Literary Escape Society. And we'll see you next time on the next episode.